Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet who's scared of the dark. Like, legitimately, <laughs> none of us went to sleep last night. It's the Noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two, two sons, sons who haven't. haven't. And one other watched. guy who has. Hi, I'm Jared. Hey, hey. it's Jared, everybody. Finally. We got him back on here. This time he's not live in the studio with us, but he is live via the magical internet. <laughs> and so he is here joining us uh, for at least part of an episode as we are testing something out so that we can have eventually have some other guest hosts on. Mm -hmm. So welcome to episode 85 covering series six, episode nine, Night Terrors. This is the one where Amy and Rory get trapped in a dollhouse that belongs to the freakiest little boy in the universe. Also, Amy got turned into a doll. Y'all remember that one? <laughs> this was uh, story number 220, originally airing September 3rd of 2011 to 7.07 uh, .07 million viewers. This was written by Mark Gaddis. We're getting familiar with this guy, mm -hmm. right? Um, apparently, he just like does creepy stuff, I think. Because <laughs> the, last, the last time we saw Mark Gaddis, he was like creepy monster thing, Dr. Oh, Lazarus. Yeah. Um, and I went back and Richard Clark was the director of this episode. And for some reason, I, I had a mental connection between Mark Gaddis and Richard Clark that didn't actually exist. I was thinking he had directed some other Mark Gaddis episodes. No, he didn't. So, <laughs> but they both worked on Doctor Who. So there's your, there's your connection. So under miscellaneous trivia, this episode was actually originally set to be episode number four of this season. So we talked about this before where I think last season there was an episode that mm -hmm. was supposed to be like number two and it ended up being like number nine or something like mm -hmm. that. So this one was originally set to be season six, episode four, but Stephen Moffat thought that part of the season was already kind of dark and it kind of yeah. was, <laughs> you know, with uh, wasn't wrong. The, yeah, the rebel flesh and the almost people and all these kinds of things. And so he felt like that part of the season couldn't really handle another one quite like this. And can we all agree that this one's maybe even a little darker than the almost people and the rebel flesh? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Bit. I mean, you know, spoilers on that one, <laughs> but, um, there, so there is a line at the end where the doctor says, ah, we're all back together in the flesh. Mm. Oh, what if that mm. line had been spoken in season, uh, in episode four and would have had a little bit more, what if hidden meaning going what if on? Amy there? would have said that. We're all oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that uh -huh. would have been good. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So, um, so they kept they kept the line in because it to me like I didn't even notice that until I noticed until I picked up those notes in the uh, in the wikia. Um, that kind of makes that line kind of funny. It's just a funny little nod, like right. Oh yeah, remember those people that happened right. a couple episodes? Before? And I, uh, they're almost in my mind. There should have they should have done a reshoot of that scene where Amy just gave him a just a withering glare of like, why would you say that? You know? it's, <laughs> it's like, like I hope we're not to. Do you remember the last the time flesh? I interacted with the flesh? My baby melted in my hands. You know. So. Also, I was one for like who knows six how long. Months and and by the way, this is right at the end of. I was a little dolly for a few minutes there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so, there's all that. So, uh, so getting down into the cast, I wanted to talk for a minute about Jamie. I'm sorry, George, who was played by Jamie Oram. The reason that I looked him up is I thought this kid has got to have gone on and done other stuff because he did a great job. Like the actor did a great job portraying George 
we'll get to what I think about George in just a second. But uh, Jamie apparently went on to do several kid shows. And from what I could tell, it looked like a lot of it was voice work. Like he wasn't in live action shows, but particularly he played the voice of Freddie Fox in Peppa Pig. So of course that, he did. Oh, of course he did. I have you know no that American idea. show. Yeah, we'll go tell Brayden about that. So at any rate, Brayden has ever seen Peppa Pig. Is that even too young for him? Yeah. That was yeah. even before his time. I thought so. Yeah. Um, I think we we missed out on the Peppa Pig craze. But yeah. other than that, um, can I just say I hate George? <laughs> I hate <laughs> George. Please see me from the monsters. I hate his. I hate his blinking. Uh, I hate his breathing. His breathing was annoying. I hate his voice. Um, I hate. I hate George. I'm just saying. I'm gonna talk like George for the rest of the episode. Like, <laughs> no, if you'll just instead of doing that, if you'll just sit there and blink at me, blink, blink, just blink, yeah, blink, 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 and you could tell that kid was was acting. You know, because those were like the most actually scared. Well, well, no, what I'm saying is those were like the most artificially forced blinks. And, well, I mean that's true. That's true. But um, at the end of the episode, when he was like normal kid. I was way more comfortable with him being on screen. When every thing. second he was on screen <laughs> leading up until that, I was like, can, can we, can we, can the camera turn, please? Can we pan away? Is this because, kid the worse than the dolls? Uh, <laughs> well, is anything worse than, than the Daleks to you trip? I didn't think so. All right, guys. So uh, just a quick moment to remind you that Noobs and the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. As always, we've got a special deal for Noobs and the Whovian's listeners. Head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code Noobs at checkout for 15% off your entire order and get started with your awesome website today. I half was hoping that Jared would jump in with the Noobs bit. Yeah, and there was going to be a delay, and (laughs) that's okay. But speaking, I I was actually thinking about it. Yeah, (laughs) go for it. Well, so uh, speaking of Jared, we are going to slide right on into the classic Who connection uh, before we get into the checklist because Jared's got to go in just a few minutes. So we wanted to give him plenty of opportunity to geek out with us about some classic Who connections. So lay it on us, Jared. What do you got? Sweet. Uh, I've I've got a lot of reaching this time. Not a not a whole lot of uh, <laughs> official classic Who connections. But we're going to talk about. Normally, we keep it to canon within the TV series. But we're going to talk about a play in just a minute, a Doctor Who play that came out. So, uh, looking. Let's go back to the episode Night Terrors here, and the Doctor's talking to George about uh, bedtime stories, and he referenced some of his favorites, like. The three little Santarans, and of course we know Santarans in New Who, but they're also a classic Who villain. And the Emperor Daleks' new clothes, we know about the Daleks. But then he said the snow, um, he said Snow White and the Seven Keys to Doomsday. Now, the Seven Keys to Doomsday was a stage play that ran for about four weeks. This was just before Tom Baker took over the role as the fourth doctor. Was this a Doctor Who play or what do you mean? It's a Doctor Who play. Yes. Okay. That uh, stage play that happened and it was called the seven keys to doomsday. And it was, uh, so it was supposed to be John Pertwee was supposed to be the doctor in the stage play. So he was done with his time on the show. He had already recorded his, his final episodes and he was going to go on and do the stage play. But somehow the role got, I, I couldn't figure out exactly why. I couldn't find out on the internet why. But the role was given to Trevor Martin. Now, Martin, Trevor Martin was 
an actor in Doctor Who, but back with the the second Doctor, he played in the War Games, and so he he was part of Doctor Who. But anyway, he got the part. So technically, he was the fourth Doctor because he started <laughs> doing the play before Tom Baker. Uh, really aired his episodes as the fourth yeah. doctor, but he wasn't really the fourth doctor. We know that, of course, because it wasn't on TV, so it didn't count. But uh, right. so it instead of it being kind of an extension of the third doctor, it became the play was about the fourth doctor and just with Trevor Martin playing it. And the the oh, wow. just a, a very generic uh, introduction to to the play, the the plot of the play is that it's the Daleks, of course, because if you're going to do a one off. Uh, for Doctor Who, we've got the Daleks and uh, for a play. So the Daleks are trying to take over the universe, naturally, with <laughs> some uh, crab-type slaves called the Clarantulars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Tarantulas yeah. and was this Was so this before uh, the Macra were a thing? Uh, I Yeah, I believe it was. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, how are you going to have... Were more- yeah. I was wondering how you have crab-like characters and you don't use the ones you already have <laughs> yeah. established, but yeah. Right. Well, these were more um, humanoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then the macro per se, but uh, so yeah, clarantulars. <laughs> with yeah. an R at the end? And, uh, so, yes, with an R at the end. Oh, that's yep. weird. Okay. So, well, clarantulas would be like crab-like spider things. So clarantulars is, you know. More spacey wazies. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so um, so I, I don't want to give away more than that because if you really were interested, uh, Big Finish Productions has done an audio version of this. And for about $4.99, you can get the audio version and, and listen to the uh, show. I'm, I'm sure that's – I'm sure that actually Big Finish Productions does a great job with their, with their audio stuff. So uh, I'm sure that would be uh, fun to listen to. But the uh, story is – well, it's not the best. <laughs> so be it. <laughs> oh, then uh, in the episode, uh, back to Night Terrors, we've got the doctor asking for some jelly babies. Okay, when so did that delicious. happen? I, I heard, I saw that in the Wikia yeah. notes. When did he say anything about jelly babies? When he kept opening up the refrigerator and closing it and opening it and closing it. Uh-huh. Is that what he was looking for? He was like, I'm sorry, do you have any jelly babies? Oh, he did? Yeah. Did he? <laughs> I don't I'm, know why he would yeah. be looking in Thank the fridge. Thank you, Trish, because I couldn't have been time. I, I completely missed that. I, I know at the end of that, he mentioned Jamie Dodgers. So that's on our that's on the checklist yeah. later on. But I didn't catch him mentioning that at all. So when I saw the Wikia notes, I was like, ah, meh, whatever. Because <laughs> sometimes it's wrong. But okay, cool. Anyways. Sure. So sure. do you so, store jelly babies in the fridge? candies. Yep. Uh, well, if you want to keep them longer, sure. Oh. Why not? Mm-hmm. Trying to imagine those um, in but, the fridge, uh, like like cold gummy bears, are like the worst. Uh, uh, <laughs> so like, <laughs> nice just, and hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're not easy to bite through. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, the fourth doctor always kept them like wrapped up in a in a hanky in his pocket. Oh, which always <laughs> always like, oh gosh, that's probably the like they're probably half melted together and oh. you know, like. Like bits of lint in them from the handkerchief. Mis- mixing yeah, exactly. the colors, but with like... A- and, and remember, the doctor's pockets, especially for the fourth doctor, were bigger on the inside. Right, so right. imagine all so- the other stuff that it was jumbling around with. <laughs> so- the so- like the 18 busted sonic screwdrivers in there. Yeah. And, uh, whatever else. 
Just mm. all the songs. Whenever he offered them to people if they wanted some jelly babies, I was always like, oh, that's, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's gonna be terrible. <laughs> you want some jelly babies? But, <laughs> just yeah. the lint is extra. That's that's you know, <laughs> make some extra tasty. You know, it's like seasoning. <laughs> yeah, it's like seasoning. <laughs> oh, you seasoning you you seasoning you on some jelly babies. Oh gosh, season those jelly babies. <laughs> They are covered with a healthy dose of cornstarch, so you know, yeah, just, yeah. The, the lint uh, is just, uh, it, you know, you'd hardly notice it. <laughs> it spices it up. Oh, white spice. That's worse than seasoning. Why did you say spices? Why is the lint spicy? Why do the jelly babies have 11 herbs and spices on them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why is the lint spicy? That's where the colonel got his recipe, it turns out. There's a comic about it, I'm sure. <laughs> what was... What was I went through the doctor's pockets and wrapped it in a hanky. (laughs) (laughs) I was just watching something the other day and I'm, it may have been, I think it's the season seven opener. And he said he may have just accidentally invented linguine or pasta pasta i may have i may have accidentally invented pasta or something (laughs) and they show him like serving up pasta and this guy is like looks dumbfounded anyways so back to classic who connection sorry about that little rabbit trail that's all right that's all right good uh good distraction there so okay going on rory he talks about George's message coming over the through the psychic paper and says that it's it was possibly junk junk mail i loved that and there was actually junk mail that came into the TARDIS. Oh. Uh, this was the serial, this, the greatest show in the galaxy. It's with the seventh doctor and ace. And uh, this little robot just appeared in the TARDIS. And it was an advertisement for uh, the psychic circus, which was <laughs> way what? Yep. The psychic surf, so, uh, circus. I have got to go watch that. I was joking about like, oh, another insurance ad on the psychic <laughs> paper, but apparently they get that in Spain. <laughs> it's spam. I, oh, by the way, I do. Corbin, help me remember. I do want to. I do want to go grab a screenshot of the doctor holding up the psychic paper and uh, Photoshop in over it where it says, "We've been trying to reach you about your about your uh, car <laughs> car warranty or whatever." <laughs> post that out on the facebook page so if i haven't done that nice. by the time the listeners are hearing this feel free to steal that idea and post it for me uh-huh. so there so so it was a little robot because i was wondering what, yeah, what was the yeah. form so it wasn't oh okay okay so it wasn't on the psychic paper yeah actually. so that brings me to a question that i've been meaning to ask is psychic paper is that a new who phenomenon or was that ever in yeah, classic that's that's uh that's pretty much that's the Yes, that's a new who thing. There, there's psychic connections, but okay. it's more like mind to mind or something right, like right. that. Not we we talked about that in was- the in our last episode, and um, I keep forgetting to to go look that up. So so um, thanks for verifying that. So um, so yeah. there, <laughs> what would be the opposite of a classic who connection? Because this is a you haven't seen this yet connection, but in season eleven. Uh, the 13th doctor has something randomly pop into the TARDIS and it's basically um, space Amazon. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because, she um, got a little it, box and it had a hat. It is the something. single greatest callback I think I've ever seen in doctor who because it's, so it's the 13th doctor. So we are like five seasons down the road or six seasons down the road from the Fez episodes. Oh, right. oh yeah. And, at some point, the doctor, the 11, puts his hand on his head 
and he's not got the fez and he goes oh that's okay i can order a fez oh and so a goodness. box right. pops into the tardis control room from a company called kerblam so that was like i said it's space amazon is kerblam uh -huh. And she's like, oh, she's so excited about getting a, you know, the Kerblam man is here and, and gives her the box. She opens the box and she pulls out a Fez. And I was like, that is so awesome. So anyway, quite a while. For that Fez yeah. So I do, I do love it. Five years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, five millennia. <laughs> when is she reliable order? than FedEx? I don't believe. <laughs> What's that? It's even less reliable than FedEx. <laughs> Well, I mean, who knows? It, Kerblam may have delivered it five minutes after Eleven ordered it, but he just hadn't been back to the 57th century since then or whatever time frame it was. I don't remember even when exactly it was. It would be funny if it was, like, actually, like, they went to the same planet at, like, the same place or whatever. Oh, that that would be funny, yeah. If, if, if like, they were the hanging out in the same area said. where Eleven made that statement or something, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be great. So, But that's just kind of one of those things that happened, you know, uh, presumably him ordering it happens off screen or something like like that. So um, I do love it though, when we are supposed to be dumbfounded that a message was delivered via the psychic paper, because now we've seen it happen at least twice, right? Didn't this happen before uh, where yeah. he got a message on the psychic paper? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who was Who that was from? That? I can't even remember. Yeah. That wasn't. Um, we got one from river. I was going to say, was it river on the psychic uh, paper? Um, I don't remember now, but I do. Is that what it was, Jared? Wasn't it, wasn't it the one where he he met her? She jumps out of like a spaceship yep. or something, and then yep. he he catches oh, yeah. her in the middle of space. Wasn't that through the psychic paper? No, that was through um, camera. No, that was the yeah, that was the security footage. Uh, but there was something. I think it was uh, River. I yeah. don't remember what it was. But so you know, like he's been sent a message twice now on the psychic paper. I love anytime something randomly appears in the TARDIS. It's supposed to blow all of our minds until you remember, oh, no, this just happens every now and then. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be mm -hmm. impossible. When something impossible happens once, that's crazy. When something impossible keeps happening throughout every a 50-year run, it's like not impossible. Maybe it's not as impossible as we thought. When something you know. impossible happens every single episode. Well, that yeah, that was kind of what we got into last the season. The kid is it? impossible. Yeah. Pretty much at the beginning of the episode, if anything was stated to be impossible, we knew that was what we were about to go do. You know, yes. So, but I mean, you know, heist movies do the same thing. Right? Breaking into that casino is impossible. Mission so impossible. instead, we're going to break into five of them that are equally as well guarded. So, at any rate, <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us down to the checklist. So we have uh, first up on the on the checklist. I'm just going to jump in. Oh, jump is in this real quick? And is this your time? That, um, almost, but uh, I just jumped on the the TARDIS Wikia, and oh, yeah. he gets a message from the face of Bo in New Earth. Oh right, oh, that's yeah. what it was. But they yeah. said so. There's there's at least one of them, but uh, it, I think they from the uh, Atraxi in Eleventh Hour. Oh really? And oh, then it jumps the to um, but but yes. Oh it, yeah, there yeah, it is. yeah, River Song in Silence in the Library. He gets one from River. The very first okay. one. Yeah, yeah. That's why they went to the wait. No, that's not why they went to the library. Was it? Was it? No, they went there. He went there just because. Just because they wanted to yeah. see the biggest library. Whatever. What was the message? Does it say there? Uh, no, it doesn't. I'd have to do a little more digging. Ah, that's okay. Figure out exactly what it digging was. Digging the live fact checking, though. That's but, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. so. All right. So um, uh, 
First up on the right, checklist. I'm going oh, to take off. Now you're going to so, take off. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm going to take off. Well, Jared, thank you so, so much, man. We, you'll get to the checklist eventually. That's right. <laughs> so uh, for the listeners, we, we grabbed Jared to uh, get us get him to uh, help us out with figuring out some technology, and he did. And we said, hey, you want to just hit record? And he said, uh, sure. So, so he's going to uh, head out now. But uh, we do thank you for not only for jumping on this week, but uh, just for being here every week, um, you know, you, you started out as a, as a listener who submitted something because we dared you to and uh, about the Daleks and it grew into this. So uh, thanks for being with us through the years and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you next week, man. See you around. Sure, thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. All right. Bring you more classic who connections next time. Awesome. Bye. He got the sign off in there. That was perfect. All right. So now we're onto the checklist. Finally. Uh, the uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue, we didn't actually get, so the name of the episode was Night Terrors. We didn't get that spoken, but one of the working titles for the episode was House Call. And he actually and did say said. that line. Yeah, it's he said- It's been a while since I've made a house call. Yeah, I haven't done this in a while. And she says, what? What are you doing? Making a house call. So that was, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, the Creature of the Week. So we've kind of got two, because they're the, the baddie of the week- would have to be the peg dolls, right? And by the way, I say the peg dolls because that's what the Wikia calls them. I guess that's a UK thing. If, if Jared were still here, he could clear that up for us. Um, so these creepy, creepy dolls would be the baddie of the week, right? Would we, would we agree with that? Uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, by the way, one of the creepiest... Um, so freaky. Oh man. Just, you know, ha- having that guy's hand, the landlord's Take hand transform. And then wh- <laughs> the <laughs> why do you have to do that? Even for the That's right. whatever. <laughs> so, oh uh, the peg dolls were just eminently creepy. Um, as soon as you guys first saw the like album artwork for this episode on Amazon. Y'all were like, oh my gosh. And then you look and you see the title of the episode is Night Terrors. And y'all are like, Like, let's definitely make sure Brayden isn't even in the house for this one. Um, So then we got to actually see the dolls. And and can I just say, there's like nothing creepier in the world than the sound of a little girl laughing in a dark place with like spooky music playing. Like that's the worst. That is the worst. Um, and I like Corbin's reaction when they opened the door and it was just a doll and they both jumped and screamed and, oh, it's only a doll. And Corbin's like, yeah, except that it was, it was g- laughing. It was giggling. <laughs> so, like, and you're in space in like a random spot. Like you're just a random spot in space. You have, you have no clue where you are and you've seen aliens and all kinds of stuff you don't think. Yeah, she's like, oh, like, it's just a doll. Yeah, like, it's just a doll. No, it's not just a doll. It's no. standing where you just heard a voice. <sighs> uh, granted, it was just laughter, but still, it was blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Huh. Um, so anything else about the peg dolls that y'all want to mention? I mean, again, they're I hate creepy. Yeah. But I hate it. I hate, I hate it. them Why? worse than I hate George. <laughs> just for the record. I hate them. George was bad, but these were worse. I, I, hate, um, I hate that this trope of creepy old doll where like the face is cracked and dirty and the hair is all looks like straw and it's nasty. I hate it. I hate everything about it. That's, their how, head old, that's huh? how old dolls look. I know. Because they get yeah. cracked like that, which yeah. is what makes it's it so scary. It's because that's what it it's looks accurate. like. Right, right. It's what were you accurate. saying, Corbin, about the heads? When they were transforming, their heads grow like considerably. Yeah. It's so strange. It goes from like this size 
to like triple the size. So this is the part where I say you're fine with them turning into dolls, but the fact that their head grows is where you draw the line. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Says, says the time traveling nurse. <laughs> um, Anywho, um, also under Creature of the Week, we had uh, the Tenza. So the Tenza was a, is a, a powerful psychic creature who is apparently somewhat unaware of their own nature, I guess. Um, their sole desire is to be accepted, so they retreat into their personalities, uh, excuse me, into the personalities that they invent in order to fit in. They retreat into those so deeply that they seem to forget that there's something else. I wrote all this as we were watching it, that it seems like... George doesn't, I mean, did, did you guys get the impression that George didn't realize he wasn't human? Yeah, I, I mean, mean sort of. Kind of. Because he was like, he knew the little ritual thing where he clicks the light five times and then it makes the things go away. He knew there was monsters in his bedroom and then nobody believed him. But, I mean, there was no real indication that he knew something more than his parents knew other than yeah. there was creepy things in like, his room. I kept, I kept waiting. The first time I saw this, I kept waiting for the reveal when, like, the doctor was like, who are you, George? I kept waiting for, like, you know, the deep, booming voice to come out of the small <laughs> child and be like, I am your god. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, <laughs> Bow before me. I shall rule this planet. Or you know, once but, they fall away and he's like, please save me from the monsters. And then, like, smirks at the camera or something. Right, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, once the doors slam, fly. he has the knowing look in his eye. But there was nothing. There was, mm-hmm. there, was no, there was no wink, no nod, no pretension, none of that stuff. So I'm under the impression that uh, they, the, the Tenza delve into their, their, their fake character or personality so deeply that they don't even realize that they are mm-hmm. an alien. That they're not the thing that they're portraying to be, but they do. I thought I thought it was great. This is another example of the psych. Uh, sorry, the perception filter, right? So we mm-hmm. saw with um, Craig where the second floor of his house wasn't actually there. Yeah, you know, and so but people he walking by remember always. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's always been there, and people walking by didn't suddenly go. When did they add a second story? And then when it disappeared, nobody went. What happened to the second story? It's just. It's just always also been the there. Only While the perception filter is a second story. What's that? It was also the only house that didn't have a second story, so... It, yeah, that was bizarre. But <laughs> while the perception filter is active, it's just something that's always been there. Yeah. But once the perception yeah. filter goes away, it's it was never there. Never been Which there. is odd effect of the perception filter, because not only does it change your memory when it's there, when it goes away, it also changes your memory. Well, no, it, seems, it is- seems like it is actively creating those false memories so that when it goes away... Those go away. That's that's kind of the way I always took it. Yeah. So, but he was like, he remembered it. It was like, oh, Claire can't have kids. He remembered that. Yeah. And then still remembers that, even though he knows it. So, the so per- he knows about his kid. Perception filters have always psychic paper. Perception filters. All those kinds of things seem to be, seem to play on the fact that we are usually passive in our environment, right? So we're not, we're usually not paying that much attention, yeah. right? Have y'all ever seen the video where the, there's two basketball teams, yeah. one of them in black and one of them in white, and they're the passing the balls? walks right Yeah, and it says, like, how many times did the white team pass the basketball? And they start shuffling around, passing the ball, and you're counting the number of times, and then it says, did you see the gorilla? 
and you rewind the video. Yeah, and the and a gorilla like moonwalks his way through the crowd, and you're not because your brain is looking for the white players, the the players in the white jerseys and shirt and and shorts, and it's like to pass white the ball and green, and then a black gorilla walks through. I thought the one I saw the 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 one team that you're ignoring is in black uniforms. So when a black gorilla goes by, your brain is just filtering out black. It doesn't care what the, the other team I is doing. The one I saw was white, green, and you okay. tried to. Ha- see how many times the white caught a ball and how many times the white passed the ball. So okay. if they All passed right. or caught a ball, you had to count that. Gotcha. Yeah. So at any rate, you're, you're, uh, so many times your brain is tuned into specific details and just filtering the rest of them out. And I think that perception filters are like playing on that, right? So like if you looked hard enough, then you can see through it. Uh, kind of like the vampires in Venice, right? Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, your yeah. brain sees the teeth because there's a threat. And so it's trying to communicate that to you and, you know, and all those kinds of things. So um, it, it, I, I love the way they, they play around with that idea. Mm-hmm. So he forgot the entire infertility thing because uh, George showed up perception and filter. the perception filter just sort of like made that hazy. But as soon as he had to think about it, the doctor said, what was the day of his birth like? Oh, it was the greatest day of my, wait a minute. All of a sudden he didn't remember it. You know, he couldn't remember her being not being able to have kids, you know, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden when he's thinking about it Cause and paying attention. What? Like, I don't, what happened I don't on this walk, specific day? I don't usually walk through the house and when you come around the corner, I immediately think back on all of your birthdays, including uh-huh. the day you were born. I don't immediately <laughs> think of that every time I see you. Yeah. You're just there. You're part of my life, mm-hmm. right? And so it becomes a normal thing, so you get used right. to it. And so we have the, we have like holidays and things that make us stop and, and look back and reflect, right? So we just crossed over New Year's. Mm-hmm. So we spend some time thinking back over 2019 and looking ahead to 2020, but we don't do that every single day. Right, so the perception filter plays on that, but you can you and can pierce through years, it. Even on New Year's, you only think back to the year. Yeah, so once you get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even then, so once not, he gets there, yep. he's remembering memories yeah, that have already yeah. happened. And and we had a little hint of this um, with the the Marines in Demons Run, where you know he's holding up the two IDs and trying to get the guy to guess which one was the psychic. And he's like, you have to look for the fractals. In other words, you got to look close and pay attention. Don't just let your mind see what it wants to see. You got to pay attention. All right. Anyways, that was way too much time on that. Uh, (laughs) So back into the checklist, we had um, CGI. We had the landlord sinking into the floor, kind of like dissolving. Like the carpet became water or quicksand or something. I mean, it was rough around the edges, but it wasn't that bad. I thought it was CGI good. is definitely getting better. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, nothing about bow ties, nothing about hats. Um, too bad the doctor didn't throw on one of the dollies like hair or something. <laughs> like <laughs> rip like, the hair off and put it on his own head or something. That would have been it's terrifying. Like, oh, yeah. I have well, hair. That, that's true. And then like the head falls off or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, under Jiggery Pokery, we had a bunch with the Sonic uh, this week. We had, uh, we had the doctor hopping onto George's bed and telling him that it, it is a sonic screwdriver. And to demonstrate that it is sonic, he goes, zip, 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 zip. <laughs> like he hits the button three times in, in rapid succession and it goes up in pitch every time, which we've never really seen. Um, Cause bizarre. he never zaps yeah. it and then zaps it again. And it's a higher pitch. Well, right. He said you think in point. So yeah. So apparently if you think was. higher pitch, so Corbin's like, does it play songs? Like, plus, <laughs> plus it was blue. It was blue instead of green. He normally zaps it. It's green. He did it. It was blue. 
No, it was, it was definitely, definitely green. green. It, the pitch just changed. It was definitely green. I'd love I to hear him play like blue. Mary Had a Little Lamb on that, though. I'm colorblind. <laughs> 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 oh, that would be weird. It is a sonic screwdriver, so in theory, that's in what theory, it should do. It's possible. <laughs> all right. Um, it, we saw him use it to activate all of George's toys. Which I'm like, oh, that this kid terrifying. is having nightmares because of his toys. Now you're going to magically activate them Yeah, all? that was, I, I did have that Watch thought. Watch all your creepy toys come to life. <laughs> I was just watching to see if, like, Georgie was like, like not Georgie, George. <laughs> Georgie? <laughs> Turned into it all of a sudden. I was just going to wait for him to, like, slowly sink down or something and, like, start looking scared. Just change or form or something. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for, like, I knew something was up with that kid, like, from the get-go. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty obvious, but I didn't I didn't realize he was going to turn out to be an alien. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be more of a Chloe Weber situation, which yeah. this episode does harken back to the Isolus yeah. um, and that kind of thing. But instead of an alien sort of taking over a child, an alien just and became alien one instead. So, yeah. Um, we also have uh, the doctor pointing the Sonic at one of the dolls. And as soon as he pointed at the, at the doll, the first thing my, my mind thought was, it doesn't work on wood. And he's yeah. like, tries to use it. And he says, I've got to invent a setting for wood. It's embarrassing. A, it's good that they're gun? consistent with it. Uh, like, yeah, that would have been gun? terrible if the, yeah, yeah. He thought it was some kind of a weapon. <laughs> it would have been terrible if all of a sudden it made the doll stop. I would have been like, like, no, come on, no, guys, no, it you just doesn't broke work. your continuity. That's right. Well, it could have been like electrical on the inside. No, no, because it's supposed to be a dollhouse. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. an actual. Doll. I kept forgetting yeah. that the whole time. Also, why did the lights work? Uh, yeah, I was confused about that too. Like the little like, lantern there that they were no carrying around. Actual lights, but the lantern worked. They must have been like battery operated or something. I mean, that's what it was. I don't know. And there was the little candles kept moving. Maybe because he was thinking it. I don't know. Yes, that yeah. The doctor said that that even his his little habits had become a part of that world uh, that he apparently had created. Uh, so under jiggery pokery for the TARDIS, we have um, Rory. Uh, Rory just assumes that wherever they are, something has happened with the TARDIS again. He said it's gone uh, all timey, slippy, something like he doesn't even know what to call it. Uh, but he's just assuming that that they're somewhere and, and that uh, they're dead at first. Oh yeah, yeah. at first he thought they were dead, but. So- but then he's like, really? no. <laughs> yeah. But then, then he's like, oh no, I get it. The TARDIS has thrown us back in time or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of the psychic paper, we, as we talked about before, we had the little boy sending a message on the psychic paper. So, uh, Jibberty Jabberty, we had the doctor, uh, <laughs> with the doctor, um, calling back to, um, Charlie Brown. It's a Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Uh-huh. He says, uh, maybe the boy has pantophobia. Because uh, the, the Alex, the father, says he seems to be scared of everything. And the doctor says, pantophobia. Alex looks like, you know, what does that mean? He says, that's what it's called. Uh, not the fear of pants, though. It's the fear of everything, which includes pants then, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't say it's the fear of everything but not pants. Like, that would be anti-pantophobia? Okay, what would that be? But uh, th- this whole line completely confused me. I did uh-huh. not hear pantophobia. I heard panophobia, uh-huh. which is what I thought it was. It was pantophobia, according to him, and then I thought he was saying pandas, not pants. Pandaphobia. Oh, oh, you thought... Pandaphobia? Yeah, so panophobia, not the fear of pandas, except technically. And then I Googled it, because I was pretty sure pantophobia was not it, uh-huh. and it isn't. Pantophobia is apparently the absence of fear. Where did you get that? Pa- Google. I Googled it. That is it. such bullcrap. Look up pantophobia. It says the absence of fear. I, I'm Pan- going to do it now. Okay, 
Pantophobia, any of the phobias come from Greek words, right? So arachnophobia, arachnos means spider, uh, that kind of thing. Phobia just means fear. So pan is one form of the word in Greek that means all. Another form is panta. So pantophobia is the fear of everything. It is Webster all Webster Dictionary fear. says pantophobia is total absence of fear. That is a lie, slander, and... You're lying. And, if you look up the fear of everything, it tells you it's panphobia. Okay. All right. So I will, I'm calling I will bow to Webster's. I will, so call, I will bow to wrong. Webster's Dictionary, except that the doctor said pantophobia is the fear of everything except for pants. So that's what I'm going with. Well, all right. Um, the iPad, oh, the eye patch lady... We thought we were done with the eye patch lady. Mm -hmm. This episode was originally episode four. Which so, I think we mentioned, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, I said yeah, that at yeah. the beginning. So she originally appeared in this episode. There was yeah. a scene of her sliding sense. open the hatch, as had you know happened in all the other episodes. Well, in the flesh, didn't we see her slide open and hatch? Yeah, in the almost people. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying yeah. is all the episodes leading up to... Uh, us finding out that uh, yeah. up to demons run or a good man goes to war rather um, all the episodes leading up to that we see her open the hatch right mm -hmm. so because this episode originally was supposed to air before a good man goes to war they had a moment where they op she opened up the hatch well they moved the episode so that means that she's no longer the flesh so they had to they had to cut that bit is all that it is there so um and there was, uh, I thought there was something else about that, but no, they just, they just moved, they just cut that bit out of this episode. So, um, and we mentioned earlier that we did have our third Jamie Dodger sighting. The doctor asked Alex, apparently if he had jelly babies and then he's closed up the fridge and he says, do you have any Jamie Dodgers about? And mm -hmm. I think he did the finger thing, didn't he? I think yeah, every time he, he says Jamie Dodgers, he does he kind of does this with it, wiggles his fingers up. No one can see but us, Dad. But sure, I, that's why I'm explaining to the listeners that I'm wiggling my fingers. So. He does jazz hands whenever he wants <laughs> Jamie Dodgers. <laughs> jazz hands. Uh, let's see other stuff we noticed. Uh, who wrote this? That would be me. Okay, what is it? So, not with the whole psychic thing, but. The way the doctor met the little boy in this episode is the same way he met Amy. Because he hmm. called out, please save me from the monsters. And Amy said, can I get a police officer yeah. talking to, like, Santa or something? Yeah, she's <laughs> praying to Santa. So praying to, to Santa to, to, send, get a police officer. to send someone to help her with the crack. And didn't she say a police officer or a doctor or something? Didn't she say a, a doctor? A police officer, a doctor, or a firefighter. Those uh, were the three is ones that what it she was? said. Yeah. <laughs> That is a very cool parallel. I didn't and he's drove in a fire truck, That's so technically he's all three. <laughs> <laughs> but that was actually after this episode. So he's driven a fire uh, a fire truck. He rides around in a police box, and he's called the doctor. So he yep. is all three. That's clearly that's how that works. Yep. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. All right. So that brings us down to who's who. Um, who is Rory? Uh, he said, "We're dead." Again, that was that was fantastic. That's Even sad. Rory is aware of how often he dies. Right. <laughs> if you can say you've died again, again, yeah. You, Actually, you if you can say you've died, if you you're doing pretty well, <laughs> say that you've died. Something has already gone awry in your mind. Right. <laughs> this is I random, but um, I I heard this article the other day that said man who briefly died in prison argues that that yes. should count for his life sentence. Yes, he tried to. He got a life sentence. <gasps> 
he died of a heart attack or something for like 12 seconds and was revived. And he tried to say, Hey, i I carried out my life sentence. How and did they, that go for him? I never really, found they him. said, no, of course. they said, you are clearly still alive. So therefore, yeah. Um, yeah, that's I, I, hilarious. I mean, you, you, you gotta love the guy for trying though. So, uh, Roy <laughs> at one point says, Somehow that's weird, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but that's weird. And Amy says, yeah, says the time traveling nurse. <laughs> so, so I was like, eh, I've never thought about Wait, Rory so as a doctor and a nurse. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. But, uh, I've never thought about Rory as the time traveling nurse. The time traveling nurse. He definitely is. So, uh, so who is Amy? Uh, her favorite year is 1700 something. <laughs> Rory uh-huh. says, you know, they, it's when he's saying the TARDIS got all slippy and timey or whatever, that uh, we're probably in 1700 and something. And Amy goes, oh, it's my favorite year. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, she was a dolly for a little while. She was a little wooden dolly for oh, a that's, minute. That's fun. I think my favorite moment in the whole episode is when the, uh, at the end, when the elevator door opens and she goes, was I? Rory goes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just awkward She's silence. She's like, <laughs> just staring like oddly like, was I? Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. You sure were. Uh, so who is the doctor? We had quite a few things under under this heading this week. So uh, we mentioned already he's making a house call for the first time in a while. Uh, the one lady she uh, he's interviewing says, uh, you know, he says, can I come in? She says, you could be anyone. He goes, I could, but I'm not. I'm the doctor. And then she <laughs> slams the door in his face. Uh, let's see. He finally gets to the right door and he's talking to Alex and Alex says that it's it's hard to admit that your child has a problem. And the doctor says, oh, you've got a problem. I've got a problem. I bet they're connected. And then barges <laughs> in the door. <laughs> that was great. Like, you've got a problem. Yeah, I've got a problem. I bet I'm it's better. all the same problem when you think about Everyone it. Everyone has a problem. That's right. Uh, let's see. He tells George, when I was your age, oh, about a thousand years ago. Yeah, so was, uh, so, so how old are you then, doctor? Because the last time you said you were 900. That's so right. we know he's more than Yeah, he was, what, he was 906? I think that was... They asked an impossible him, astronaut. Yeah, the the younger him. They asked, and he's like, "Oh, I'm like 900 something." Right. I think he said 900. So I'm gonna say that is false statement, fake news. Which one? How dare they? But he was like Which a thousand, the fact that about a thousand years ago. Well, uh, nine hundred years is about he, a thousand. He's closer to a thousand than you. But and the, <laughs> I'd say he's closer to a thousand than anyone. Uh, yeah. But in certain. his new one, he was like 1,103 because he was more than 1,100. Yeah, he was 1,103. Uh, 1,103. Yeah. So, so it could be in 103 years from now he dies. So what? how – we haven't had any real time jumps since that episode, right? So presumably he's still 906 No, we seven. had one, the year-long time jump in – and then uh, the summer in between time those jump. two episodes, yeah. And the what one, was the year long jump though? Before we get to that, uh, 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 the silence where they put him in the box. Oh yeah, yeah. For it wasn't a full year, I don't think. No, it was three months. That's still a time jump. Well, yeah. And so, then there's so there a was, summer time. Right, jump, but that's what I'm saying is was also three months. But I'm saying yeah. we didn't have anything where he showed up and it's and he hasn't it's seen been Amy like and Rory in a hundred years, years or something like that. I mean, in theory, because he left them for the summer and we had no right. idea how long, how long he's, he's been out gone. Wrecking, right. but right. But presumably, you know, she says you've had three months. So I don't know, whatever. The time time travel 
It's, it's weird. weird. <laughs> oh, he totally could have come back like a minute later, but he came back three months three later. Three months later. Yeah, he made yeah. them wait. So, Strange. Uh, let's see. Um, he tells, uh, speaking of being about a thousand years, uh, he tells Alex, you see these eyes? These are old eyes, right? I think this is not mm. the first reference to that that we've had. Olive says, uh, right, monsters. That's what I do every day. Breakfast, lunch, and tea. Fight the monsters. That's <laughs> great. Not dinner? Just uh, at tea time? Nope, breakfast, lunch, and tea. Mm. That's I all. See. At dinner, I clock out. Yeah, he takes a break. <laughs> We're fighting monsters. Uh, he says, I've been around the block a few times. They've knocked down the blocks I've been around. Built bigger ones. I've been around those too. I can't remember everything. It's like trying to remember the name of someone at your birthday party when you were two. Y- you missed super blocks. Oh, I just left that part out. Built but bigger that's ones. that's the best part super of the blocks. whole <laughs> Super block. I disagree. Whatever those are. Yeah, whatever, whatever a super block is, I have no clue, mm. so... All right, uh, so that brings us down to where we would normally have Can We Talk About. We, we haven't been doing any of these in a while. Do y'all have anything that y'all want to zero in on? Or I think we've kind of done a little bit of that here and there mm-hmm. already. I think uh, we had a Can We Talk About Perception Filters segment earlier in yeah. the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. All right, so guys, Noobs in the Whovian is still brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we do and you want to give a little value back, here's what you can do. You can head on over to patreon.com slash whovian, Become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. You can start out for as little as a dollar a month as an Amelia Patreon. You can start uh, starting at $5 a month. You'll be on the Amy tier and you'll get a shout out from the show. I think I've changed that since then. I think the $1 a month is a Rory tier, I think. But it would make more sense than having Amy and Amelia. Well, Rory wasn't really a he wasn't really a companion. Yeah, he wasn't really a companion when I when <laughs> I created this. Or he still isn't an important person. <laughs> At any rate, uh, twelve dollars a month brings you up to the River Song level, where you are uh, where you are always there for us, and you also get a shout out on the show. Uh, Fifteen dollars a month makes you a hosting host, and you'll get a chance to guest host on an upcoming episode. So this episode marks a a fantastic landmark for us. As a, as a crew here because we solved all of the problems. And as long as Corbin took... Not all the problems, just the problems related to Discord, uh, which are the important we problems. We solved what, what ones did we not solve? Oh, okay. <laughs> we solved yes, all of the We did not literally problems. solve every problem there is, but... No, we solved all of the Discord problems. So, so that means that Victor is going to be joining us as a guest host soon. We, we have been working on these uh, issues for... Uh, gosh, a couple of months now. And so we finally have everything resolved. Um, we've actually had him on hanging out with us a few times, uh, but we weren't ever able to get everything to work quite right where we could record it, but we've got it all figured out. So we'll have him on uh, shortly. We'll be contacting him and, and putting it on our mutual calendars. So that brings us down to our overall impressions. Uh, oh, good. Jared, <laughs> Jared jumped down in the notes for us and added his overall rating. So he gave this nine prayers to save me from the monsters <laughs> out of 10. I thought that's, that's fantastic. Uh, for his overall rating trip, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it, I would give it a nine, but because of George. <laughs> Oh, really? I'm going to give it an 8.5 scared George. Okay, I don't know why y'all are so annoyed about George. He's yes, just his annoying. breathing was incredibly mind. annoying. Like, but his, his voice. Overall, he wasn't that... <laughs> he didn't sound like that. He sounded like a kid. No, he really didn't. It sounded like, he sounded like a child actor who was being told to act like a child, is what uh, he sounded like. He sounded like a kid trying to do a kid voice. Be a little kid. Redonkulous. Be yourself. Yeah. 
All right, well, Corbin, what are you going to give it then? I'm going to say eight locked cupboards. I thought this was good. And I did think George was okay. <laughs> you're a bad person. What are you? You're a bad person I'm like bad George. For I think you're a bad person for thinking that, that a small child is bad. Which also makes me a bad person. Yeah, I recognize that. But <laughs> you can't <laughs> double standards. You can't call. No, I said I am one. You can't call Corbin a bad person for liking a kid or being okay with a kid, not actively <laughs> hating a child. You can't call him a bad person. Stupid child! I hate your voice. You're a nice one. Get out of my like house. Sweet people to be around. So, did you tell us what you were giving it? Yes, eight locked cupboards. Eight locked cupboards. All right. Um, I this. I think I mentioned this on the last episode that. When, when I was watching the, ahead, I literally, I think I literally skipped over this episode because I remembered not liking it. And I think what I was remembering was how much you know, I hate. George was? Uh, well, no, not just that, but also just, I mean, this is, this is a scary episode, which will, without getting ahead of myself, uh, this one was pretty rough. But um, the end of the episode, when I finally got through to the end of the episode, that's where it paid off for me because the whole moment where the doctor, okay, here we go, right? This is the doctor challenging someone to be the best of humanity. He didn't phrase it that way, but he looks at Alex and he's like, why can't you accept him? He thinks you're rejecting him. What's holding you back from telling him he's wrong and that you do accept him. And he's like, but he's, you know, he's an alien. He's a thing. I don't know what he is. And he's like, he is still your son. Right. And, eh, for, for the people out there who rail against Chibnall and Jody, and I literally saw somebody on Twitter today saying how, or no, I'm sorry, it was in an Amazon review, actually, of season 12. <laughs> they were like, I like my Doctor Who without politics. Well, you haven't been watching Doctor Who. Uh, because Doctor Who, if, if by politics you mean things like equality and those kinds of things, because there are some obvious parallels that this episode is drawing where a father is not sure if he can accept his son because of who he finds out he actually is. Okay. So yeah, I mean, put whatever you want to in that slot of what he actually is, right? Whatever secret part of their identity, whatever differing viewpoint, whatever, thing that makes them different and not exactly like their father, this guy had to come to grips with it and say, I love you despite that. Because even though in this case, you're an alien, you're my son and I accept you and I embrace you. And despite the fact that you are not exactly what I hoped or expected or longed for, or you are not exactly like me, despite all that, I still love you and I accept you. So I'm going to give this nine out of 10 father son reunions because I thought that was, I thought that was incredibly powerful. And I mean, you can't gloss over that on a show hosted by a father and two of his sons. (laughs) So, um, that's the thing, man, is Dr. Who is constantly doing this, right? Um, Dr. Who is constantly challenging people to push through and accept and look past whatever barriers, racial barriers, socioeconomic barriers, just other, right? Whatever other means, push past it, look beyond it, and be the best of humanity. So I think sometimes people forget when they're watching the current season of Doctor Who what previous seasons of Doctor Who already did and yeah. already talked about. Mm-hmm. It's like I love when people rail about disco. Hey, they're trying to be too PC. I'm like, do you know that the first interracial kiss on television happened on Star Trek? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, do you know that? Okay, anyways. 
I'm off my soapbox now. Let's let's head on to the creep level. Uh, so this is again out of our 500 possible uh, potential creep levels. Jared gave it 425, and I would love to have heard his rundown on all of those various points. But I'm sure we can fill in the blanks for him. Corbin, what are you going to give it? This one was creepy, as we've discussed. The dolls were just uh, freaky. I didn't like them, so I'm going to say this is a 400 for me. 400 from the teenager. Holy cow. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. One of the teenagers. What? Because there's two teenagers on the show now. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to give this. You guys know I'm usually looking at this from the perspective of Brayden. And I'm going to say this is a 475. I mean, the only thing worse would have been like if somebody had straight up died. Um, because, ah, by the way, by the way. Everyone lived. Everybody everyone is. lived. And by the way, the, the, the Wikia said this is the first time since... Chloe Weber, the first time since Fear Her, that everyone has lived. That can't be right. That's not no. true. We just discussed one a little bit ago where there was no main baddie and everyone lived. And that was like one of the selling points. That's what it. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's at any lying. Rate, I must but, go fix it. Um, unless, unless what it means is, because there were some apparent deaths in this one that got undone, Right. So you have like yeah. the old woman getting sucked into the trash bags and then, oops, nope, she's just in the house. And then we never really saw anything happen to her other than her wandering around lost. Yeah. We saw the landlord get turned into a, a doll. We saw Amy get turned into a doll, but then they all came back. Yeah. So maybe that's what they mean because the same thing happened in Fear Her, right? Yeah. The, the kids got sucked into the drawings and then they came back. And so, then the one yeah. where he said everybody lives. They all got turned into the weird thingy. Oh, that's the true. Zombie like. Yeah, so you had some apparent deaths yeah. where some people were back. were lost but restored. Yeah, so yes. maybe that's maybe that's what it's uh, getting at. Uh, so at any rate, yeah, four hundred and seventy five out of five hundred creep levels trip. What? <laughs> you so this, you had a ridiculous number that you made even more ridiculous. So this is a reference to earlier when we were talking about the doctor's age. So I'm gonna, but it's funnier when you point it out. Just just. Tell us. <laughs> 1103, if nobody understood that. Isn't, isn't 1103 a reference? It's a it's like a meme number, I thought, but I can't what? remember Not what one it that is. I'm aware of. Oh. Uh, it's the doctor's age. but So uh, you're giving this 1103 out of 500, so more than double. Is that, yep. what, is that what you're saying? And I doubled it for whatever that other one was. I was going to say, what did you give The Impossible Astronaut and, and uh, Day of the Moon? What did you give that one? That one you gave 10, like 10,000 or yeah, 1,000. It broke, was it 1,000? I mean, not 10,000, 1,000. 1,000. Yeah, okay. So this one went back in time and broke back. So you're saying this one was creepier than that one? No, nope, but I just want to give it all I want to All right. Well, but thank the, you for making numbers meaningless. But all actually, right. 700. <laughs> Why? Actually, 700. That's, that's what he originally put was 700. Yeah. So. All yeah. right. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say, though. Uh, so. This is a creepy season then, right? Because we've had Definitely. we had Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon. So we had the silence, the one that I've been telling you for yes. years was coming. We had the silence. And yes. then we had the flipping Rebel Flesh and the Almost oh People. Oh my goodness. Yes. That was pretty pretty rough. And now we've had this one. And mm-hmm. and Moffat thought that the first part of the season was a little too dark. Uh-huh. So he's like, let's spread the darkness well, this around. This is what you get for putting Stephen Moffat in charge. I mean, he's <laughs> the one that writes all the He's the one who wrote Blink. So yeah. Uh, so that brings us to our theory section. Uh, the main thing, we've cleared a lot of the theories out because they're no longer theories. <laughs> They've been confirmed relevant. or denied. 
what we're left with is what will happen to 11 dying and who is the impossible astronaut? Do you guys have anything that to add or discuss on that? I didn't think no. so because there was, I mean, no, there's there's no new information. Yeah. This in was this one episode. of those episodes Except that Jared hates like where straight up speculating. Yeah. If, right. Right. If but this, this is one that Jared thoughts. hates where we had a whole lot of overarching plot development last episode followed by meh, <laughs> which I guess if you consider that this episode originally was earlier in the season, you know, the only way they could have moved it is if, if it didn't touch on the overarching plot, I guess. So, all right. So, uh, we didn't have any listener input. So that just brings us down to the game plan. Uh, next week we are doing a classic who rewind covering the fourth doctor serial Genesis of the Daleks. So this is the fourth serial of season 12. So I, I, I didn't quite get the exact episode number, um, but it is the fourth story from season 12. Um, so we're going to get to finally meet the fourth doctor. So that's exciting. We're also going to meet Davros for the first time that he actually appeared, you know, so we've seen him in new who, but this will be the first time where he actually appeared. And, uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to see four, uh, the fourth doctor really face a real moral conundrum here. So, um, don't forget that Classic Who is available via BritBox on Amazon Video. So um, as... Um, is that still on? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, that Classic Who is still available because you have to get a BritBox subscription yeah, you have to get a BritBox. on Amazon. Yeah. There are other ways of getting BritBox, by the way. But if you do it through Amazon, um, it just hooks into your existing Amazon video uh, watch lists and all that kind of stuff. So if you haven't already, you can sign up for a free trial with BritBox by going to noobsinthehoovian.com. Look for the BritBox ad on the side. I think it's on the sidebar, but it's definitely in the show notes for this episode and the last few episodes. Uh, so go down there, use that link to sign up. If you do, it doesn't impact your cost at all, but it does help support the show. Um, we have not really mentioned yet, but we just found out today that, uh, or, or yesterday when we sat down to watch the episode that all of Dr. Who is no longer mm. on Amazon prime. So you have, uh, probably, Run into this yourself. Um, we may also we have should have a point five talking about yeah. this out. We're yeah. recording that after this. Exactly. So um, all that to say, um, we're going to mention in uh, in the point five episode, which again, because things are wibbly wobbly in the old master closet studios nowadays, you've probably already heard. Um, however, there um, there are other options out there, and so we're going to discuss those in the point five episode. But unfortunately. Amazon Prime is no longer the home of New Who. So again, Classic Who, still on BritBox, still available through Amazon if you add that uh, subscription on to your monthly payments there. Following the Classic Who Rewind, we're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 10, The Girl Who Waited. This I is, cannot this wait This is one of the that. wibbliest of wobbliest... Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just... I didn't even... <sighs> anyway, this <laughs> is this is a great wibbly wobbly episode. It is also a great episode for holy cow, what would I do if I found myself in that position? So mm. I can't wait for it. All right, guys. Uh, until next time, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared, not only for the Classic Who connection, but for being with us live this time. Shoutouts to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian, where you can send us a direct message or you can email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. 
Uh, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. For all of these links and more information, like full show notes, head on over to noobsandthehoovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin, I'm the Hoovian, these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp, and, and we're, we're the, the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whoop.